0: waiting room. I hate when they make you wait in the room. Because it says waiting room. There's no chance of not waiting. Because they call it the waiting room. They're going to use it. They've got it. It's all set up for you to wait. And you sit there, you know, and you got your little magazine. You pretend you're reading it, but you're really looking at the other people. You know, you're thinking about them. Things like, I wonder what he's got. And then they finally call you and it's a very exciting moment. They finally call you and you stand up and you kind of look around at the other people in the room. Well, I guess I've been chosen, I'll see you all later. You know, so you think you're going to see the doctor, but you're not, are you? No, you're going into the next waiting room, the littler waiting room. But if they are, you know, doing some sort of medical thing to you, you want to be in the smallest room that they have, I think. You don't want to be in the largest room that they have. You know what I mean? You ever see these operating theaters that they have with, like, stadium seating? You you don't want them doing anything to you that makes other doctors go, I have to see this. (laughs) Are you kidding? Are they going to really do that to them? Are there seats? Can we get in?
1: Yes, all right. Hey, let's open with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time. I pray, Lord, that we have hearts that are open to receive what you want to have planted into our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, okay, the waiting room. They call it the waiting room. They're going to use it. Um, Our modern society does not wait very well. We're not known for our skills in waiting. Now, here in Winnemac, um, if you go to our McDonald's, you go to the flagpole. I don't think this is a thing they do at other McDonald's. I don't know, I, maybe, uh, maybe some other one's owned by the same, but like, wh- I don't want to go to the flagpole. Sometimes I'm like, I know there's nobody behind me. Don't, don't. Would you just mind? I do mind. Can I just be right here? The BMV, they give you the little ticket now, and then you look at the number, we all do it, right? And then you look at the other number. And you do the math between how many numbers are between the number that you just got and the number they are doing. And if you find yourself waiting without your cell phone, like you left it in the car or something, now it gets really awkward. When you're just alone with your thoughts, <laughs> it's just you and your brain. No oh, man, it's like but three or four minutes of that, we're like, what do I do with myself? Because our society does not learn how, does not know how to wait, has not learned how to wait. And we're going to talk about, if you have not caught on yet, we're going to talk about waiting and how we can wait and how the importance of waiting and what we can learn in the waiting. So we're going to go to Noah, the story of Noah here in Genesis chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth and the floodwaters. Began to recede. Now, two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks finally became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat. He released a raven, and that bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. Okay, verse 8 He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside after waiting another seven days. This word, we've seen this word a lot, haven't we, so far? Noah released the dove again, this time the dove returned to him in the evening with the fresh olive leaf in its beak, and Noah knew that the flood waters were almost gone. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. And then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife, and your sons, and their wives. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed. As burnt offerings, the animals and the birds that he had been approved. Okay, if you're, like, wondering how does this work, if they went two by two and you kill one. Some of the, we had, for sake of time, we had uh, not used that scripture in the earlier part of the sermon series. But there were some animals that they took seven of, not just two of. Okay, so uh, then there's just six of. Some of you are wondering, like, is that what happened to unicorns, you know? unicorns got one of them no okay so so but imagine though there's not a lot of animals uh, the the math we had worked out in previous messages put us at about seven thousand animals on the ark that's still pretty precious gift to the lord showing that even you know even in our uh even when there's not much of it they he was he was showing god you know you are worthy of all i have And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think of or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. In other words, he's not saying this new human race is going to be better than the one that was wiped away. He's just saying, I'm not going to do that again. We're not better than that time. Matter of fact, Jesus, the last days will be like the days of Noah. Jesus actually said that we're a lot like this. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, so that's right now, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. All right, one day, we'll read this together. An economist read the Bible and asked God, Lord, is it true that a thousand years for us is just like one minute to you? The Lord said yes. The economist said, well, then a million dollars to us must be like one penny to you. The Lord said, well, yes. And the economist said, well, Lord, will you give me just one of those pennies? And the Lord said, all right, I will. Just wait here a minute. (laughs) Guys, God's timing and our timing are never the same timing. And I I purposely use the word never. (laughs) What we think it's going to be and what it is is never the same thing. Okay, so now Noah... The last time God spoke to him, it was get on the ark. The whole world's going to be flooded. It rains for 40 days. That's like a lot of rain. I bet Noah thought when the rain stopped, he's thinking, here we go. Whew, I made it. I, I only had to clean up after these nasty animals for, for like over a month. Whew, I'm glad. Did you know when you do the math, the actual time in which Noah entered the ark with the animals and the time he actually exited the ark was right at a year so after 40 days, he's still got 11 months. <laughs> That's why we're talking about waiting today. Because God's timing and our timing are almost never the same timing. It's, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't feel like the same thing. Because we have in our head, all right, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a tough season. I'm going through a tough time. I can make it. Brother, sister, you better be ready to uh, batten down the hatches and make it a little longer. Why? Because those timings are not the same. Imagine how frustrating it would have been to be on that ark. You know, if you have any kind of pets, how they do anything, they're all like late at night, they get all kind of activity going. You know, imagine 7,000 creatures on there and they're, they're, you know, they'd be interrupting each other. Right? The baboons are throwing stuff over in the cage. Of the, and they're like, oh, why did we put the baboons by the... I mean, could you imagine how loud this thing would be? Could you imagine how uh, frustrating this would be? Can you imagine the sanitation it would take to do the ark? Not only that, you're with your family. Even like your extended family. I'm, I'm surprised there's not a murder on the ark, right? They went in with eight. We came out with six. That feels about right. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't make it, you know. I told them to shut up. They kept eating their cereal real loud. I just couldn't handle no more. So th- they're in this grueling experience that they had to just go over and over and over and over again. But guess what? God's timing. God was doing stuff in that timing period. And it can be hard for us. If you're the kind of person, like I am, that finds value in what you produce, if you find value in yourself, not because of who God made you, but because of what's coming from you, if you're that kind of person like I am, then this waiting period can be really difficult because there's not much coming from you. You're just doing it the same thing over and over again, and it can really get frustrating. Now, this next slide here, this is the... Uh, waiting is uh, like being a trapeze artist. This is the Flying Rodleys you see in this picture. Okay, trapeze artists. And they're, I always, I always like the acrobat stuff. You know, it's so cool. Those trapeze artists have to have, and the Flying Rodleys put this in a book that they wrote, they have to have a lot of trust, right, as they're, as they're doing the trapeze work. And there is a time where they call the flyer and the catcher. There's a time where the flyer's going and the catcher comes up, and that flyer has to let go. And in the book, they explain that when the flyer lets go, you put your arms out, and and you wait, and you hold it right there until the catcher snags you up out of the sky. And if you want to mess up, the mess up usually happens when the flyer tries to catch the catcher. No, actually, all the flyer can do is let go, stick their arms out, and wait. And at that waiting period, it feels like forever, they say. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, go, wham, oh, you got me, Woo! But isn't that just like it is with us? There's this moment where we have to stop, and we've been, we've been going, and then we finally got to let go. And all you can do is throw your hands out there like, God, you got me right. You got me right. I mean, here. I am. And then, bam, God snags us up out of that, uh, that position we find ourselves in. But it's that waiting time, like, how long do I have to? Don't move. Don't try to catch. Stay. Wait. God's going to snag us up when the time comes. But even in the waiting, guys, God gives us little encouragements while we wait. And as the water continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. God is so good that even in the waiting times, he continues to give us encouragements. And there's a little peak that appeared one day when they were looking out of the windows, right? And imagine how encouraging that would have been. That one peak would have been like, oh, it's going down. If you've ever been on a, bu- I love cruises, by the way. I, I, we are, we, Misty and I go on cruises. We went on one for like an anniversary, and then we were like, cool. You know, they expect uh, you to spend like all this money on alcohol and gambling, and we don't do any of that stuff. So they lose money on me, man. Those buffets, like, yeah, it's a, it's a losing deal for you. Too bad. I don't do none of that other stuff. So we go on these cruises. You know, when you're on that big ship, you can't really tell how deep the water is. They got these little screens around the boat that'll tell you, you know, here's where your location is. You're something many north and something many, you know, they'll give you like a little GPS location thing, and it'll say below you is 200 feet of water. It looks the same. 200 foot of water, 100 foot of water, and 2,500 foot of water, and ten, it all looks the same. So when Noah is on this ark with his family, he's like, you just can't tell if the waters are going down or not. Well, that can be like our lives. God are you doing anything is anything happening here I'm in this waiting period it's much longer than I thought it was going to be what's going on here God and God's like I'm gonna show you a little mountain peak here here's a little mountain I'm showing you the water is receding though you can't tell it from our personal point of view the water is receding and then it said more little mountain peaks began to be discovered man that's awesome and I bet they were looking for him every day, right? I bet they'd wake up in the morning like, I see another one, I think we got four, is that four? Five, I think, you know, because God was showing them, I'm working here, you don't see it, but I'm working here. And the same is true for you and I's life, God's working. But we gotta have the spiritual eyes and ears to see what God's actually doing. If we're just kinda going through our life, we won't take the time to stop and go, okay God, where are you here? When we do that, we'll see there are mountain peaks on the horizon. Now, there in verse 1, do you remember it said that the winds were coming and blowing the waters away? The word wind there is ruach. It's a Hebrew word. And it's the same word used for wind, it is the same word used for the Holy Spirit. Holy, Kadesh, ruach, spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's blowing and he's moving. And even though we don't understand it, even though we can't see it, the waters are receding. The situations in your life, they're headed the right direction. But we got to surrender it all to the Lord and let him begin to work. We got to wait. We got to learn there's something for us in that waiting time. Now, guys, waiting is part of the process. As long as the earth remains, there will be Planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. So it's just part of it. Waiting is part of it. You know, here we are. We live in northern Indiana, and there are some distinct seasons. They talk about four seasons. We've got about eight. You know, because fall, which fall did you talk about? Are you talking about right now, like the good fall? Or are you talking about, like, turkey time when it's real kind of cold and the gray skies roll in and you won't see the sun till late March. Right? That's not, that's, those should be two different times. That is not the same season. I mean, officially it is. Or we got summer. Wait a minute. Which summer? Which summer are you talking about? The real hot one or like the one where we still can't use the, the pool because those are both still summer. We got winter. I love I love winter up till about New Year's. Then it's like all the celebration parts are done and now you just got the grueling wait through January and February looking for that first 50 degree day, right? Right. All of these are just part of the process. That winter time is part of the process. God is in that frozen moment. It, now, it may look like, like it may not be as obvious in that frozen moment, but as long as the earth remains, there is going to be this process in these seasons. There are going to be seasons. Guys, some of us are right now in the winter waiting season. When you're in that season, you've got to just stop and let it happen. Spring's coming. It's going to turn around, but this is part of it. See, God cares more about who we're becoming than what we're producing. And we care more about what we're producing instead of who we're becoming. But from God's point of view, he's trying to create something inside of us. And the waiting time builds something inside of us. Even in that, you know, if you, if you plant a little seed. I was a little kid. You guys remember being a little kid and you have a little styrofoam cup and you put a little seed in there and then you water it, right? Well, I was the little kid that kept picking the seed out and seeing if anything happened. You know, when you're that kid... You kill the seed. I could never plant anything because I wanted to see if anything was happening. So like everything, I've, I've got like, you know, green thumb, I've got a black thumb. Want me to kill off your plants? I got you. I got you. I have one plant in my house. One. And I, it's, a, it's a miniature bonsai palm tree that, I, that basically takes so little effort that, that I've kept it alive since 20, uh, 2005. 2005. And I, like I may have told you, I just take whatever, like, it's in my office, so I'm, like, done with some coffee. I just feed it whatever, like, you know, when I'm, when I'm, go- when I'm going back to, like, uh, you know, the, the kitchen and I've got, like, a little bit of something. Here's some Coke Zero. like that. <laughs> All those chemicals, that's good for you. Okay, what was my point? Oh, yeah, <laughs> the seeds. God, God is working that process. That seed is sprouting in there. It's working underneath the, the surface. You just can't tell it at the time. we got to trust God that the process is doing what it's supposed to do. Not be so antsy in the waiting moments. Let the process work. Let it take place. Let it, let it go. Let it, let it happen because God cares more about that process that's working inside of us than what's coming out of us. Because if we let the process do what it's supposed to do, then what comes out of us is the right things. But if we try to hurry up the process, the productivity that, we're, that we strive for so much won't be life-giving. All right, so what do we do? In that waiting time, we just keep doing the last thing God told you to do. I got my little picture here of the, of the stall. In Genesis six fourteen. it says that there were stalls installed inside the ark. So they had little animal boxes. So what do you do? What, what would Noah do? After the 40 days, I don't know how long it takes to flood everybody and kill everybody. 40 days seems about right. He's got a whole nother year. I, you know, what's he going to do for the rest of the year? He's going to do the thing that God last told him to do, which is take care of these animals. Build the stalls, take care of these animals, so what did he do? He just kept doing it. it wasn 't glamorous, it wasn 't fun i 'm sure it was uh, chaotic and messy and could you imagine what the ark smelled like? Oh man. <laughs> You just keep doing So in our lives, guys, many people ask me, Pastor Heath, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I should be doing. I'm not sure what, I, what I'm sh-. Listen, what was the last thing God told you to do? You just keep doing that thing. Don't, don't stop and do something else. It may not be glamorous, it may, but it's important. I mean, you got to clean the stalls of the ark. It's not necessarily fun, but if you want to keep all these creatures alive for when the waiting time is over, you're going to have to clean some stalls. You ever done that? You guys, I know I'm, I used to clean stalls. That is work. That's real work now. That's ugly stuff. But it's gotta, if you want to keep those animals, that's what you got to do. And then some people kind of think, that, well, God spoke to me about doing this, but I didn't do it, and I've moved on from that. I'm not sure we have a biblical model for that, actually. If you think about it, Jonah was told, go to Nineveh and preach the word of God. He did not go whale takes place he finally does go and god brings about a a a a revival in nineveh that that took place in other words god made him do made him go back and do what he didn't do the first time so maybe that's the thing too like well i want to move on from this what what did god tell you to do that you didn't do if you're feeling stuck what did god tell you to do that you didn't do maybe Maybe God told you to forgive somebody, to go have a difficult conversation with them. And you're like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear that, Lord, and we're just going to keep going on. And now God's gone back to you like, mm-hmm. You want to get that breakthrough, you've got to go back and do the thing that you was, we were supposed to do. Maybe God spoke to us about serving somewhere or helping or joining the mission of the church or or being generous or God is speaking to us, right? We got to do the thing that God last told us to do. The beauty is, back to the biblical model of Jonah, when you go back and do it, you get the same results the second time that you would have got the first time. There was a revival that broke out in Nineveh. So what should you and I do in these times of not knowing what to do? You just keep doing the last thing God told you to do. From Noah's life, God said, get in the ark with the animals, and God was silent all the way until he said, now you can leave a year later. That silence, come on, if you've ever been there, right, where God's feeling silent, that is the waiting season. What do you do in the waiting season? You keep doing the last thing God told you to do. But not only that, how we wait is important. Noah released a raven, and then Noah released a dove. We have two things that Noah did here, the raven and the dove. I don't want to go into this, this uh, analogy that God gives us here. First, the raven in Leviticus chapter 11, it's mentioned as something that's an uh, uh, unclean animal. And ravens will eat anything. Like a vulture, they'll eat dead stuff. If they find an egg from another, they'll eat, they just basically eat anything alive or dead put in front. They eat bugs, they eat, they eat anything. And so the first thing Noah does, he takes the raven, he throws that out there. See, the raven represents our own strength, the strength within ourselves. So what does Noah do? He tries to do it himself. I'm gonna make this thing end. I'm gonna find the end of this waiting season. I'm gonna, doesn't work out so well. Raven, Okay, then Noah switches to the dove right now uh bible students out there the dove the holy spirit descended upon jesus at his baptism like a dove it wasn't an actual bird but it was like a dove the dove represents the holy spirit so he's he he's like okay raven didn't work he takes the dove throws the dove out there the dove comes back nothing well many of us are in that place right there okay god i'm here i'm surrendered what seven days now seven days is the sabbath Shabbat. Seven days means rest. So now Noah changes it up. He's not not doing it in his own strength anymore. He's doing it by the Spirit now, and he's in a restful space. He's now saying, All right, I'm just going to take it easy, and I'm going to do it God's way. And then he lets the dove go, and the dove comes back with an olive branch. Now, that's even on the United Nations symbol. That olive branch represents peace and new life. Okay, so peace and new life. come from the spirits moving through us instead of our own striving and struggling and trying to make everything work in our own power. Guys, we got to instead rest and let God work through us. Let God work in us. Let the process continue because when the process continues like that, that's when all of a sudden the new life and the peace that we're looking for come into our hearts. Now, God's going to act on the promise he has made. God remembered, verse 1, Noah. Now, remember, he is the Hebrew, Zacher, Zachar. And it, 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 it's not, it's remembered, yes, but it's also more than that. God doesn't have a brain like you and me. Now, the older I get, the less I remember things. This brother got to write things down like never before. Got to write some stuff down. So, now, Zacher is god remembering but it's not it, that's 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 the word from our human understanding god never forgot about noah he wasn't like oh yeah i mean i left those people and those animals on an ark down there hey what you doing out? i forgot about you no it's zachare is god begins to now act in his timing is what zachare means god's going to act in his timing now from our human point of view it feels like he forgot us where are you at lord what's going on here lord I'm confused. I don't understand what's up. So from our human point of view, it feels like God forgot us, but it's really just God waiting, waiting, waiting for the exact right moment. This word is used all throughout the New Old Testament, actually. The, the God remembered Joseph. God remembers these Bible characters. It's not that he's forgotten about us. It's he's making sure that the timing is exactly what it needs to be. And, guys, God's timing and our timing are almost never that same timing. Now, for me, many of you know, a little update on my health situation. (laughs) Uh, This lower back thing that I've been kind of going through, I have some treatments I'm doing this week. Um, Because I'm the kind of person that feels my values from my own productivity, this lower back situation has made it to where I have got to, I'm not near as productive in the world's America way of doing it. And uh, please pray for my wife pray for her. She was all frustrated with me because I was out raking the leaves. She's like, what were you doing? Raking leaves. The doctor said, (laughs) I'm not a very good patient. I'm not patient. That's my problem. I'm not as patient. In this moment though, I found that, you know what? God has been working in me and my value is not coming from what I do. It's coming from what God's tried to put inside my heart and life. And for a, if you're a person like me, sometimes God puts the brakes on your life just so you're in this waiting season, just so you realize God's got us. It's going to be okay. His Spirit's still moving. The Spirit's blowing on the waters. The Spirit's working in the hearts and lives of people. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. But that waiting season, it's about what God's doing inside of us, not just from us. Maybe open our hearts to what God wants to do inside of us. So how do we apply this to our lives? Two things. Learn how to wait in the spirit and keep doing the last thing that God told you to do. Waiting in the spirit. Not in your own striving. Come on, get this over with, God. Come on, I can't wait. No, everybody just, you're just taking a step back and we're relaxing and we're saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm releasing the dove and then I'm in the rest. I'm releasing the dove, and I'm in the rest. God, you deal with my situations in the way that you want to deal with them. And then number two, keep doing the last thing that God told you to do. When you're in that waiting season, and many of us are right now, you just keep cleaning them stalls. Don't get antsy. Just try to do something in your own flesh. Keep cleaning the stalls, because the water will recede. The animals will you and the you're going to make it. The end of the story is a beautiful story of God saving everything, but it was in God's timing, not in Noah's timing. Let's have a word of prayer here together. If we get every head bowed, please and every eye closed at this time, let's pray here together.
2: Come
1: on. Let's wait upon the Lord. Got me on. Let's wait upon the Lord. God, what have you got for us? Many of us are kind of in our own striving and struggling and trying to figure out. Many of us are letting go of the ravens instead of letting go of the doves. I feel like we need to kind of pray here about, <laughs> about the work that we've done in ourselves and thinking that we're the answer and, and just striving and struggling in our own flesh and we're not surrendered. That's the word that God wants for us here this morning. We're not, we're not really surrendered. We've got a hold of the situation. We've got a hold of the problems. We've got to let those things go and give them to God.
2: Give them to God.
1: Church, the waters are receding. You are going to make it. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be saved. It's going to work out. But in this waiting time is the time of surrender. Maybe even surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you've never gave Jesus your life made him the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. Today's the day. Or maybe there's a certain situation you need to surrender, and you know what it is. And you've tried, you're trying, and you know what? God's not mad at you for trying. We all try. But he can't get into that situation until we surrender it. He can't put his hands on it until our hands let go of it. So there's some things to surrender this morning. Pastor Glenn, will you pray for us to surrender some stuff to the Lord here?
2: Lord, I pray that you help us to embrace those times where we're waiting. Help us to uh, just understand that the process is just as important. The steps are just as important as the destination with you. And I pray that you help us just to understand where we're at in that waiting process. Help us to identify if we're waiting and kind of pushing through with the flesh, trying to, you know, open doors that you haven't opened yet. Try to force our way through a little bit and help us to understand when we're in the spirit and doing it the right way. And I just pray that you help us to recognize that, recognize where we're at and help us to listen to the Holy Spirit on those little gentle nudges. Look for those little mountaintops that you show us and help us to know that we are, while waiting, having patience and developing and possessing the areas of our soul that we didn't have possessed for you before. And I just thank you for that. And I thank you for the process of getting us closer to you and the process of waiting and having patience in Jesus name. Amen. Well, again, like I told you before we started, this is one of those calibration messages. And if you're like me, uh, waiting is not fun. I remember when I was in the army, I, you, we had this saying as a private, hurry up and wait. We get some place formation at like 430 in the morning, and then we'd wait for three hours before the exercise moved forward. But then you realize the higher up you go, the more things they have to oversee and get everything into place before the next, before those people on the front lines move forward. Otherwise, the operation won't be successful. And it doesn't get any higher than God as far as the high level of the operation. So while we're waiting and we're in position, we're waiting for God to move all the other pieces that need to be moved that we don't see or know anything about for that, for our mission to be successful. So just, I encourage you this week, just to let God work in your heart, work in your life and be part of that uh, waiting process and see it as a badge of honor and a privilege that we know and have clear vision of where God sent us. So uh, as we're uh, wrapping up here this week, I encourage you again, Heartland at Home is where you can connect with us. If you have uh, anything where you want to reach out, you can email me at pastormarkatchurchoftheheartland.com or just Mark at markatchurchoftheheartland.com. Either one of those monikers will work. You could also text me directly at 574-549-3680, and I will respond directly if I see those. Just, Just identify yourself as someone from Heartland at home, and I will respond to that. And you can have someone partner you with prayer and different things and connect that way.